Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast, where we bring you a different movie of a different genre. Fortnightly. Fortnightly. We're skipping the intro this time because Jack keeps talking about World of Warcraft and we may jump back in. Okay? That's happening. And it's, uh, I think they it's what we all a, want. Uh, I think they called a relapse. Ooh. Oh, no. This is a relapse for Nathan and I. You're, you're just about to see what happens to two addicts when they get a taste again. <laughs> just a bump. anyways folks we are doing nathan's pick mine of the political comedy which um a lot of front runners uh but after the primaries there was only really one candidate that for me stuck out with the real feels part of it because of the feels that i have for it um maybe not the best candidate to to be in it but guess what it won the election and that is 1996 Black Motherfucking Sheep with Chris Farley. <laughs> Being footage. Be said, Damn near <laughs> killed me. <laughs> I got top bunk. And <laughs> it's a top bunk. Bean footage, let it roll. And this is actually, I think, going to be some decent bean footage. Al Donnelly might just be the next governor of Washington State. All the way to the Capitol! There's only one small problem. His brother, Mike. What the hell is a marquee doing here? His heart is in the right place. Ah! Unfortunately, okay, see the rest of him never is. Oh my God! You've got to keep this bozo under wraps. So now they have to find someone. Then I am your man. To keep him under control. Okay, good first day. I want you to do exactly as I tell you. Yeah, okay, keep talking. I know a place way outside of town. Both beds. I got dibs on tap. <laughs> okay. I got dibs on top, bug. Shut up! So what do you want to do today? What's that black thing? Whoa! Ah! Ah! What are you doing? Ah! Ah! Please go to my belt. <laughs> Boy, I feel like a horse's patoot. Paramount Pictures presents. Are you or are you not the black angel of death? Chris Farley. Power to the people! Oh, God, I'm a dead man. David Spade. Hey, gang. Is there an opening convention in town? The nitrous oxide's leaking into the car! <laughs> in a new comedy from the director of Wayne's World. Check this out. This whole fridge is held up here just by this plug. <laughs> Black Sheep. 
You okay? I'm just dandy. I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. We didn't have any pudding in there, buddy. There's one in every family. Now, before I jump into why this was like really like my pick, my uh, the feels that I have for it, what was your guys's thought when I announced, "Hey, Black Sheep's going to be my pick"? Uh, I know you guys have watched it probably many times, but walk me through it. So, so I was excited because nostalgia was uh, you know bright and it was vibrant. Because along with, you know, Black Sheep, I also very much enjoyed Tommy Boy mm-hmm. and Beverly uh, Ninja. Beverly. Oh, I, I do like Beverly Hills Ninja. Mr. Dojo Ninja. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was I was excited uh, to watch it again because I haven't seen it in quite a while. So that those were my feelings at the time. I saw this in the theater. Of course he did. The man lived in the fucking theater. <laughs> there was not much to do in Centerville, Ohio in 1996. Uh, so um, I've seen this many times, but probably not many times in the past two decades. Uh, yeah. And it uh, has not aged as well as my no. my... My rose-colored lenses of the, the day of yesteryear. Um, so I was... Um, this was a little hard... This was harder than I thought. Like, I was like, Black Sheep? Oh, yeah. Fucking, let's do it. But it was a little bit harder. It seemed to me like this movie was a live-action Looney Tunes cartoon. Not just that, but I would almost say... Like, when you dive into a little bit of the history of it, it... Um, it has a different tone. It has a different feel because this movie was part of Chris Farley's contract that he had to do X amount of movies. Uh, Dose faces. And, and the writing for this was delivered 15 minutes before the deadline. Um, so it was. <laughs> Which was 11.45 p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday night. <laughs> you know that it didn't get the the due that it really deserved. Hey, the history of Chris Farley is crazy with like what he was lined up to do in the later years of like Shrek and just like all the like roles that he was getting slotted for. This was a huge. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, at the time this movie was in sort of pre development. Uh, Chris Farley was top billed for possibly being the star of Cable Guy. Yes. Which had a different script at the time, was not as dark as Jim Carrey. But then Jim Carrey comes along, he gets eyes on the script, and he says, well, I want to do this. And Paramount Pictures is like, here's $20 million. And so we get the the dark comedy Mm -hmm. Cable Guy. Uh, so he lost out on Cable Guy. David Spade said he liked the script. I personally think they probably should have just done Tommy Boy 2. See, it's it's interesting, again, with the history of this, because David Spade had a real problem with the director. Well, with she, Penelope they, they Spears. Each other. Oh, yeah. He literally, he, he left, I think he had left a message 
on her on her voicemail saying like you're cutting my comedy balls off in every scene like that he wasn't being used to the potential well, that he had had that and he, I mean, he his one of his vague complaints was there should be more of them together right scenes with them together right and then um you're saying yeah you're always separating us yeah and then will ferrell or will ferrell uh, jesus christ chris, chris farley. farley um chris farley wanted to sort of stretch his dramatic roots a little bit more this is he not didn't, he didn't gosh. want to be uh <laughs> fatty falls down which this movie unfortunately it's is a lot of fatty, lot falls, of fatty down. falls down uh, they got Tim Matheson in there as, you know, the older brother and uh, Animal House alumni, uh, mostly because Chris Farley was obsessed with Belushi. Uh, so by the time uh, Chris Farley got to got to the theater and saw the release, he had been sober for a year and a half. That night, when he saw Black Sheep, uh, he discarded a year and a half of sobriety got trashed because he hated the movie and did three thousand dollars worth of damage to his hotel room that's now, upsetting that this while you can't say <clears throat> tommy or black sheep killed chris farley <laughs> didn't keep him alive it oh. wasn't long it wasn't long after that chris farley met his demise it was about a year and a half later I mean, it's interesting to look at the script where it doesn't seem and it's nothing to do with, I think, Penelope Spheris, who has credits for Wayne's World. Well, Wayne's World is fan yeah. fucking fantastic. Wayne's World. Awesome. I, for one, enjoyed the depiction of the Beverly Hillbillies. It wasn't that bad. Nathan, we like a Little Rascals, which came a year yeah. later. Had its moments. Okay. I like how you you did not include me in that. Thank you. I right up there with your rat that. race. I wasn't going to. <laughs> yeah, in the footnotes, just put does not does not truck in <laughs> in rat race. Uh, the, Maverick and uh, little rascals. <laughs> you know what it? Okay, so and you know what it is to kind of go off the comment of. But, but little rascals is collectively what I call my genitals. Thank you, Jack. Well, it's cacalic, so I mean, you know. there you go. So, going off the earlier comment of the script, that's what I think this movie fails from. Yeah, it, I don't think it's from. A, I don't think it's entirely from a directional standpoint. I think the script is just awful. Well, and there's like, really not there's, that much there's, story. There's not. But now there are parts that there's hijinks. Okay, yes. that's what it is. There are goofs and hijinks that are funny, which is why if makes you want me say that it, this is like a, a live action movie, right? But if you want like a depth of a story. There's it's not there for. OK, for for Chris Farley's character to say that, you know, I've been here at the rec center since it opened. This place is my life. Why didn't we not see that? The only time we saw him at the rec center was making phone calls. One one quick football scene, one quick football scene like and then if, it gets burned down and then it gets burned down. Like what if they actually had like, you know, scenes from when they were younger, kind of like from Little Giants. OK, you have tiny Chris Farley, like playing at the rec center and like helping out, putting away the balls like and the toys, the, like the boat scene from Tommy Boy. Right. Uh, you know, where young and old Tommy, Tommy and his dad. So, I mean, it's I don't know. I, I think there's a lot that could have been done. It seems odd that you have such random characters like the cop 
who has the nitrous oxide in the car. Plot device. I, <laughs> very much. <laughs> but it sets up some very funny jokes. Uh, well, that, yeah. that, that is what I was going to say about uh, uh, Black Sheep, is that while it, this was hard for me to watch as a 40-year-old man, um, there are still jokes in it that have been running jokes since I saw Tommy Boy. Roads. Ruads, I still cracked up during that <laughs> scene. <laughs> and, and, and for, and for, for <laughs> years, I've been trying to figure out Raving psycho. Uh, what the uh, rectum he said it damn near killed me. I thought that was a line from uh, I'm sure it's like from, a Jim Carrey movie. I'm sure it's but, from something else. But I there have been I've said that to somebody at least twice a year on a yearly basis yeah. since Black Sheep came out. I mean I think I think that Black Sheep did the bunk bed fall joke. That de- that must have def- uh, directly inspired uh, Step Brothers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I've, and I some of the cringe of like, uh, you know, kill Whitey and just m- moments like <laughs> that. I th- that entire so, section can, can oh, be taken I, out. I, I mean, I, oh, I always laughed when he's just like, doing his Chris Farley-ness. Like, no. It, it's so <laughs> iconic, though, of him. Like, when he, like, does the power slide and... I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> well, at the very, the very end, I feel like they ripped off a little bit of um, Naked Gun. With, you know, because Naked Gun, Leslie Nielsen goes sliding across the banquet table into uh, uh, Queen Elizabeth. Oh yeah, uh, and and sort of is stuck uh, in flagrante delicto. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, my, my my leg's stuck here. But <laughs> <laughs> they do the same thing, just more over the top with Chris Farley, where he's just like like grind dry humping the. Uh... <laughs> it makes no sense. Where it's like everyone's just watching and taking pictures, and like if it's just his leg, lift up the podium. How hard is that? Like, why is this finish? The brother's back, like, holding himself, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, no, no, Mikey, Mike. You know what would have saved this movie, in my opinion? <laughs> Just in retrospect, more Gary Busey. Whew. I have never seen I Gary think, Busey's teeth Gary, so big. But I think <laughs> Gary Busey was the right uh, level spice of, to level throw of- <laughs> into the pot. Because sometimes you're like, man, that's got too much fucking Busey in it. But now it's like, mm. That's just the right amount of Busey. This is the right amount of, of Busey. I also think this is the level of crazy Busey that we are possibly seeing today. It's not. It, it is ha ha crazy yes. Busey. It's not ha ha huh. sad or crazy, like, or, or crazy or being, Busey. You know, Mike Donnelly just going, oh, my God, I, I, I'm a dead man. My political <laughs> watching Busey. I'm a dead man. Busey. I'm having yeah. a panic attack. It, I, I still laughed at, uh, you know, the. Um, the mayoral, uh, you know, elect elect is like like, and we're proud to have him as a voter. Quiet, wench. <laughs> well, and Shut Christine, up, wench. May he may oh, he no, rest in Christina pieces. Eversole. We're a, we're a zeppelin. She, she yes, does yes. Uh, a great job as kind of the the bitch uh, candidate uh, playing dirty. Uh, we yeah. got ourselves a little alumni, Bruce McGill, back from uh, uh, Matchstick Men. Also, yeah, and I. Did was he also in? Uh, didn't he play uh, one of the supporting characters for Animal House? I thought there were two. There's Tim Matheson and and somebody else. But uh, 
But this movie also um, had a little bit more strained relationship with David Spade and Chris Farley as a Tommy Boy relationship that uh, Chris Farley and the girl from the skinny dipping scene. There was a little bit of uh, love triangle. And I did not know any of that. First of all, I did not know that Chris Farley and and that gal uh, had a thing for each other, which, I mean, fit, you know. Well, maybe she had a thing for Probably. his bank account. I, I don't but know. But he's also a funny knows? guy. And he's at life at the party. Oh, of course. But yeah. Maybe he's talking like a horse. But it. Uh, this movie, in. With an actual, like, effort, I think this would have been um, just a, a, a cult classic like Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy delivers almost too much it really hits every note of jokes like the buddy comedy because they're like they're together for so much of the time and you see their story their character arcs like really come to fruition this just doesn't have has almost no romantic like appeal there's no romance of like oh yeah like Kind of likes the the opposite sides uh, campaign manager or anything like that. There's no payoff with that, and yeah, and, and I feel the the soundtrack is relying heavily on the uh, the Forrest Gump effect of the nineties, where like and so then like every time Chris Farley's like, I love my brother so much and I just oh. want to help him. Like I just like when like, they're leaving Malone on the football field after the talk. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that sentimental music that comes into play for it. I agree. Um, man, I, I, I'm just like looking back at a lot of scenes in my head and I'm just thinking. This doesn't work well anymore. This this doesn't this doesn't really hit. And I don't know if it's just updates with the Blu-ray that I have, but there's. There's little like CGI moments that I'm noticing that you got any uh, Bruce Lee movies. Yeah, got a long, laser, long. laser disc. <laughs> So when he's at the concert pretending to be security and he screams at that kid, the little smoke, the little CGI smoke comes out of his ears, which I don't know, doesn't that doesn't hit me right at this moment. Feels like it was a callback to his cameo from Wayne's World. And when the bed falls on top of David Spade, it's a CGI mattress like falling down on top of David Spade. It it looks off. It Hmm. looks so off. The reason this was my pick, though, is because the (laughs) the feels that I have with this. So I only had a recorded copy of it on from like from the TV. So there was a lot of jokes that were like edited for TV consumption. And when I finally got to watch the real copy, like the real version, I just was like, this is this is even better. This is even like, so oh, how could they start all this with out? It's so funny. Black sheep, and then <laughs> and then you got like 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 yes. regular Pepsi black sheep, and you're like, whoa, the syrup involved. <laughs> when you yeah, it, when you said black sheep for the first time, and I didn't really kind of connect the fact that it was. Uh, Political comedy. I thought you meant the, the horror film, the New Zealand horror film, and I was like, "Yes, Nathan, brilliant! <laughs> Let's like, do this thing." I'm so proud of him. <laughs> I think, 
I think we we, <laughs> unite we broke us. Jack. Unite the clans, Nathan. <laughs> He's just shaking his oh. head at me. Oh. But some of the physical gags that they do, um, again, earlier on, early Nathan loved. I think there was a time and place like, for it where it did uh, where it did hit like, right. Vote for Donley. <laughs> he like is all super loud to the old people and <laughs> just the I think he's all hopped up him. on cocaine. Florid Harold. There was there's very little that was like him at that time, I feel like. Chris Farley just had such a physical comedy um that um the guy that played Kramer, uh Richard uh I just know he called a bunch of people the N-word during the comedy <laughs> show in the two thousands. But like Richardson? early early Kramer, his physical Richardson, yeah, his physical comedy was so uh, so good. Go ahead. And oh, I'm just saying, like I feel like Chris just embodied no, no, I, that I think level so too. of. I think that like we kind of got yeah. our fill. And no, 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 not with Tommy Boy. With but Tommy I'm saying Boy? like there was a lot of that physical comedy acting. That was happening in the 90s. And it was very popular at the time. Jim Carrey. Uh, Chris Farley. You had um, a, a couple like later on. For in like another decade. Um, I think Kevin James starts getting more into the scene. And you have a lot more physical comedy. Adam Sandler True. at this time. It's not so much physical comedy. But it's just like the. The the weirdness of the story. Shampoo is better. <laughs> it goes on first and cleans the hair. Well, 1996. I was uh, I was you were either 15 or 16 years old. 1996. No, 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 you were like 12 or 13. No, no, 19 because I was born in 82. So that would put me at at least so 14 then. Yeah, because uh, we were we were 10. Yeah. So this this movie was. Uh, you know, it it tickled old fourteen year old Jack's yeah. funny bone, but forty yeah. year old Jack, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, little bit different. Um, Nathan, I only gave this one watch through. That was last night. Um, That's but, fine. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen minutes before uh, the deadline. <laughs> no, In I, true I black sheep I, fashion. I mean, to the credit of the film, there are moments that I do laugh. Like when he falls down the 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 cliff the uh, hillside. Oh, thank you, little roots. Thank you for doing Classic. your job. And then, <laughs> I mean, that was. I think it's just that moment. It wasn't even the rolling. Although I noticed, I think Chris Farley did a lot of his own stunts when he was rolling because it looks exactly like he Chris did Farley. The majority of his stunts. That's that's impressive. Yeah. For as much as he was being dragged and like fought and like if falling it, and rolling around, but. Like, thank you, Little Roots. Um, the headbutt thing with the ketchup packet was still kind of funny because that immediately made me go, oh, hot fuzz. <laughs> hey. So the the buildup uh, when he gets stuck in the uh, the pulling thing, the buildup to that infuriates me. But the payoff I love when it falls and he's like, he's like, br like punching through the here wood you, in the back. Here you are, ma'am. I got Which you. I'm watching it from like, you know, looking down at it on the ground. And I know, I know it's thrown the ladies forward, but like my brain is just like 
crawl backwards. <laughs> Crawl backwards, madam. Yeah. But then when she gets up, <laughs> the and he, she, she clocks him with the purse. She clocks him with the purse. You realize, like, he really got hit in the face with the purse. <laughs> like his reaction is not when when he puts the dra- when he puts the uh, the quilt the- over him and and David Spade starts hitting him on the back with the broom to kill the bat. The the owls come almost <laughs> on some of them a few seconds too, or like just a split second too soon. Him getting smacked in the face with that with that purse. What's just pure gold? There was there was a part where when David Spade is doing the karate moves, <laughs> young Nathan, I remember dying Bro, laughing suplex. at that. Suplex. Like, ass, like I would re- rewind <laughs> and <laughs> sleeper hold. <laughs> The our mo- <laughs> bar into karate chop. Oh, <laughs> it's the pile driver. I laughed because I could. I could see young Nathan oh, laughing. I, I still, I, like, I still laughed that, and bud. I feel like was a funny uh, little uh, Ryan. Or sorry, is it is it Ryan? Ryan McElhaney. He the Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, but that was one of his characters' things. Was he like said he knew karate? But he mm. didn't. He was just like us who grew up in the 80s and 90s. It was like, I watched Ninja Turtles. I watched Best of the Best. Uh, you know. Three Ninjas was my I jam. I watched Three Ninjas. <laughs> three Ninjas. And he'd do like, <laughs> oh yeah. Rocky loves Emily. Such a line. Such a line. So do we have anything else we want to say, or do we want to say Gamante? I I think I'll kind of close with that there just to regurgitate, there are moments that still kind of made me laugh, but coming back to this, I it's an unfortunate kind of way to look at it. And it, it doesn't hit anymore. Like like Roger Ebert hated this Siskel one of the three movies that he walked out of no Siskel okay Siskel walked out he said it's the first movie I've walked out on in 26 years and he did it with like 20 minutes to spare and he's like I I just couldn't do it like I couldn't do it anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) his eyes are bleeding he got up and like faked going to the bathroom but he just kind of like Stood off to the side and then acted like he was coming back in, but then like slowly ducked away. <laughs> uh, to me, this was uh, the rose colored lenses of the 90s where looking back, when, like like you said, when you first said political uh, movie is going to be Black Sheep, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> but looking back, it's sort of like the, the first beers that uh, my friends and I stole from my older sister who was you know 21 at the time visiting from college there were coronas and none of us liked the taste of beer but my buddy had brought over vodka and he brought over grenadine and so we were putting drops of grenadine in the corona and of course like two or three beers like as a fucking 16 17 year old trashed uh, it was like, yeah, that was great, but like, if somebody handed me a beer with with, with Grenadine, I'd be Grenadine like, get the now. fuck away from me! <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> this is this does not taste good. <laughs> Don't you remember getting trashed last time when we were younger? Yeah, what is this? It's a bottle of Boone's Farm. Go away! <laughs> no, 
Go away. <laughs> my, wife, my wife made a comment the other day. It was like a, a Boone's baby. <laughs> it was the product of some some young woman uh, uh, get uh, having too much Boone's farm. In in college, my my theater friends and I, we would always just like hang out. It was usually like a Friday night thing. We'd always hang out. And it would just be like the center island of her kitchen, just like full of liquor bottles. And we'd just be like mix, mixing drinks, doing shots of like hard liquor. And then her little friend would come in and she'd be all like, let's go, guys. And she has two bottles of like bright blue and bright red Boone's Farm. And we're like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hi, Simone. Please let it stop. <laughs> Let's hit segments. <laughs> All right, well, let's hit segments. Segment number one. I love that place, man. It was my life. Uh, working at a place can quickly become a crutch for moving on and excelling at life. Although it gave his life purpose, Mike was handed what should have been a temporary job and made it an unsustainable career. What's a job that you've had that gave you more than you should and ultimately held you back for, for a time uh, from growing up as you should have? So I don't know if I took it. I, I didn't take the last part <clears throat> as I should. Uh, I took it back as like, you know, the job held you back. So before I was substitute teaching um, and then eventually, you know, getting credential and actually teaching, uh, I was a I was a teacher's aide for a third grade classroom. And it was a, it was a fun little job, just like kind of going uh, four days a week. And it was for like three hours during the day um, when they would have me go. And the kids were great. And it was great to interact with the kids and go over lessons and try and help them learn things. But the teacher, she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> and she was just like so cynical about certain things. Like one of the girls, I remember she didn't understand how to do uh, the addition and multiplication for certain problems but I knew another way to teach her and I tried teaching her that way and boom, it just clicked for her. Well, the teacher found out that I taught her that method and she scolded me that I had done something wrong. Oh, And she was all like, oh. you, she's like, don't you ever like, you know, undermine my teaching and teach them a different way. Callum, what kind of shit you pulling? I, apparently some awful shit. <laughs> and I tried to explain Hello, I get over here. it to her like on the bench I said I said your method doesn't work for her I said one method to teach all your students isn't right and she was all like well you're not the teacher and I went yeah okay but I will, but I will be. be I will be <laughs> this suit doesn't work for me this tie doesn't work for me <laughs> So, <laughs> you know what he would have done? He would have done it out. He was 150 drugs. pounds and he played like an animal. <laughs> but yeah, uh, being the teacher's aide, it, for the longest time, like, I think I outsmarted her one time in the classroom. And one of the kids was all like, Mr. Hallam's a genius. And she literally, like, walked back to her desk, sat down and was all like, oh, yeah, I mean. You know, Miss Bolt went to college and got her degree and she has her teaching credential. But Mr. Hallam's a genius. And I was like, why are you so salty? Sit down. <laughs> so that was my uh, job that kind of held my back. 
Uh, the uh, so I moved after college down to uh, Florida, which seemed like a great idea at that time. Until you, until you get to Florida, and you're like, Florida fucking sucks. Florida. So I had gotten a job uh, because I had I had um, <laughs> I, I had had a little bit of the German language under my belt. Uh, I had taken it middle school through high school and a couple of years in college. So I got a job with the Hofbrau House, Panama City Beach. Yeah, they were opening up this new location at one of those like. Because, you know, we grew up with malls, but it was like the outdoor mall. You know, it's got the restaurants and the shops and, uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I don't know, you fucking jerk. Uh, Shots fired, Sabaro. But, Shots like, fired. I had to wear, like, the, it wasn't the full-on lederhosen with the over-the-shoulder straps and, like, the the chest thing, but it was the leather lederhosen pants oh. with the, uh, the black Yoo-hoo! with the, with the white and blue Bavarian flag checked shirts. Oh. Uh, and then, but this is in Panama City Beach, California, which is, folks, uh, another name for that is the Redneck Riviera. Uh, <laughs> because that's where all the fucking cousin fuckers come down from uh, the south to get their get their beach on. <laughs> and I've... I, uh, you're not I from around here, I, are you? I think I said <laughs> Born we and don't serve that. No. Probably a million times. Because I'll take a Bud Light. I'll take a Coors Light. Give me a Miller Light. Give me a Bush Light. No, the, sir, this is... We only have German beer. And there was a... Uh, we had started right after we'd opened as a joke where people would ask for a Bud Light and we'd rig them up for water and then we'd pour them one of the... <laughs> The 32 ounce, you know, the liter beer steins with, with water and hand it to him. Just watch pissed off. Like, what the fuck is this? I was like, oh, you wanted American beer. Here's your water. Here's your water. So like, you know. (laughs) But um, it was, oh God, it was so soul crushing. And like, they really tried to do the whole German thing. I don't even think there's like a German population in the South in order to, I mean, like. It's fun to eat bratwurst and, and ship. They had like German performers. It was like it didn't stay on hot bra house. Like they were really style. trying like to get into with, it with the fucking accordions. And oh shit. yeah, oh yeah. Um, and the the business failed shortly after I left and moved to California. But it was like a good solid year and a half of my life that I was like, I should have just tried to get professional after college and not bartended for a year and a half at a soul crushing gig like like uh, German beer hall in fucking, you know, cousin fuck uh, Florida. So, you know, in cousin fuck Florida. Yeah, yeah it's like you, you guys, you guys here on a date. Did you take the blood test? Oh, oh OK. Oh, 23B is not here yet, cool. folks, but hold on to your purse. All of our Florida listeners have now logged off. That's <laughs> fine. They can fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm <laughs> dead um, yeah, no. Uh, so sadly, I would have to say E Homes. Uh, even though I was there for a long time, um, going to a new company really opens your eyes to like kind of how much of a rut you've been in, or like just how. Um, how many excuses you make for not going 
going the full distance or like not doing things correctly. And you're like, ah, good the leader of the ruts. Kind of thing. Uh, uh. <laughs> Nathan's on his way. He can go the distance. Go the distance. <laughs> Hobo's broke just, into the bathroom again. He's going to sell some homes. <laughs> Section 8 housing, Nathan's favor. In Gilbert, he'll be strung. <laughs> I know every home <laughs> could be rented out. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Keep it Nate. Keep it Nate. Keep it Nate. <laughs> but learning from, I mean, I, I learned so much from it. So it like, it didn't hold me back in that regards, but just knowing that I wasn't like at my best really was eye-opening once I was out of it and not having to like, and having to like, all right, like you've got nothing. You want the new leads? You want the new leads? Fuck them. You don't deserve the new leads. (laughs) You see these? These are brass balls. (laughs) Put that hot cocoa down. (laughs) Uh, So, so yeah. Segment number two. Vote for Don. Every vote. <coughs> uh, totally. Until money and power comes into play and human nature fucks shit up. Real feels. We'll do better. F- fix our voting system. You can set how many major or minor political parties you want, uh, how votes are cast, trials the winner must or winner or loser must face. Make it funny. Make it serious. Can't be worse than what we already have. So... I, I propose this. I want to go with my serious uh, selection first. Okay. And then if you go serious and then I'll go funny. I just did one. I just oh, you did just one did one? Too. Okay. Well, then so I'll fuck just... fuck your duality. I'll just go with the serious one. Or Jack, you want to go first? I'll go first. Um, there's just... Uh, like, I, I could have gotten, like, fucking crazy with this. Oh, I, I think we both could. This <laughs> one. Uh, but I just ended up writing... Uh, One sentence. Voting should be a national holiday. uh, And it should be mandatory. And not like you'll get arrested. But if you vote, you will get uh, like a tax credit on Mm. your tax return. uh, For basically, you get the day off, get paid to vote. And then you get a tax, you know, an increase in your tax refund for voting. Agreed. Too many people literally have that mindset to say, oh, well, it's just one vote. It's it does. It's not going to matter. Yeah. Um, Those are the only two things I I would really want now. Mm. Um, True. Okay. Uh, I I love I love the idea that if people are voting, they will get the incentive of some type of reward. I do love that. Um, Now, I. I say that politicians, whenever they are presenting um, speeches to their voters, to their delegates, um, at any point in time where they tell a lie, they get slimed like Nickelodeon. You know what? I'm almost there. I said that they had they were they had to wear a lie detector. Okay, and so they have to wear a lie detector. All like hidden bills or hidden agendas that are being put forth into larger bills where it's just like snuck in. Oh yeah. Like uh, everything has to be revealed. Nothing can be 
done like all together. And I know it'll save time, but like, sorry, things things should be voted individually. Um, and obviously term limits for politicians. But if you're if you're going to go like kind of goofy, but yet serious, I, I love the idea of getting slimed whenever they lie. I also love the idea of putting all the politicians through, you know, an extreme elimination challenge. <laughs> or uh, do you guys remember little Nikki? Yeah. When, when Hitler comes walking in in his little skirt. <laughs> the maid's outfit. With, with the pineapple. The pineapple up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is a, a good punishment for uh, misleading the American people. M- Mitch McConnell would get in the Holy pineapple. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Could, could you see the American people getting the pineapple up his ass? So, Drew, I kind of went with what you were just talking about. Um, so I would have basically a Legends of the Hidden Temple adult style. <laughs> but this is how we would do the teams. So Omar, can I get three Democrats on the board, please? You would have 14 people sign up. And they would be from any any party that they can, you know, that they want to be from. And then there is a scramble where you are now mixed with a team member of possibly a different uh, different organization, different political party, but that is now your teammate. And now the two of you, all of you guys are going as trying to be president. However, sure. one of you now is going to be vice president. The other one would be president. Oh, you only okay, have so it's, five, your, it's, your, it's your running mate. You yeah. only have 10 seconds to basically decide. Otherwise, you're eliminated. And there was a part of me that was like, how like how nuts would it be if like there was it was almost like deep like saw where it's like oh you guys just fucking die and it's like so it's so legends of the hidden temple meets battle royale yes but i figured that's a little bit too extreme i broke my other leg but <laughs> please somebody help me you shot me you shot me right in the arm no but having it where Political parties are mixed up and then having them to work together to do both physical challenges. So it really brings down the age, hopefully, of our president. Because, <laughs> my God, we have to have an age cap. You cannot be over 70 or, or, or something, something too old. Or or if you are uh, if you're um, uh, pro-life, uh, but you're against um, uh, social welfare then they there should just be a busload that comes every day with with babies in the foster care system that those senators and those congressmen have to carry around and tend that day so i and i feed them feed yeah them with, and feed them with their own money no, feed, no free lunch 100%. for these babies fuck those babies they need to get a job they need to fucking produce also like sorry I I don't think that any politician should be making and I'm going to be stupidly generous. Okay, I don't think any politician should be making over a hundred and like thirty thousand dollars a year. I don't I don't and that and I think that's ridiculously, ridiculously generous because ridiculous. That's more than more than I make a lot more than I make. They could be like the Mormon church and just be all volunteer base. All, all officials let's, of the. Let's not bring the Mormons. Let's not bring. Oh, no, no, I'm saying let, I, they don't not be them, not the Mormons. I'm saying that their their system. So we have Drew in our religious oh, like their, uh, like denomination. Their community, like, pastors make sometimes 
a lot of money because of book sales and all kinds of well, different things. Me- that they do. Mega churches <laughs> make lots of money. Yes. However, or Joel Osteen wearing the news or the the maid outfit carrying the pineapple. Probably. Oh, please, oh, no, please no, make no. it happen. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> all right. Uh, the last thing. <laughs> Unless oh, I'm chasing a what. cute chicken a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, where? Yeah, we don't have souped-up cars, but what is the fastest car that you've ever been in, either as a passenger or a driver? Or what is the best cop interaction that you have ever had and will never forget? I have one of each. Oh, oh. I, I just had a cop interaction. So did I, but I, I mean, the, your... the fastest <laughs> I think I've ever been, I, was, I think 107. <clears throat> oh, I didn't go... Uh, so... One of our neighbors, and, you know, growing up after my dad passed, like, I had random, which was nice, you know, family members, but also, like, neighbors and friends of the family, uh, fathers, would be like, you know, take me take me to a basketball game, or it just, just sort of like, you know, get the kid out of the house, do some fatherly shit. So one of the neighbors, he took us down from uh, Dayton, Ohio, to Cincinnati to see, uh, it was the Crosstown Shootout which is a yearly game between uh, Xavier University's basketball and University of Cincinnati's UC's basketball. So we'd gone down to the Crosstown shootout, and this guy was a big fucking gearhead. I never really got into cars. Uh, and most of the fast cars, like, I wouldn't really fit in much uh, due to my height. Uh, but he had a car that was, uh, it was a 1987 uh, they only made a couple hundred thousand of them. It was called a Buick uh, Grand National. And in 1987, it had a faster quarter mile mark than the Ferrari, the Porsche, and the Corvette. Uh, it had two fucking turbos in it, American V8. Uh, and I just remember, like, he asked, how fast do you think you could get it going? Just, like, getting on the on-ramp to get on the highway. And I was like, Maybe a hundred, like it was, it was well above that. It was like pushing oh. like 115, 120. Uh, but that car, like it, it, that car fucking moved. Like when he stomped the gas, it felt like the back wheels were just shooting pavement out behind it. <laughs> you okay? Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm not related to this man. It's like, you know, we've known you for a few years, but it's like, like, huh? and he's like, we're doing like a hundred miles an hour and on 675 towards uh, 75. And he's like, uh, uh, so you want to get like a steak and shake or something on the way there? Some Skyline chili. And I'm just like, I don't care. We're really fast. Yeah, the more the more you were telling that story, you kept I kept just saying like fast cars, fast cars. So in my head, all I'm hearing is Tracy Chapman like, "You got a fast car, I, I got a take fast it car. Anywhere. To, let's go eat, <laughs> take a shake, and fly down to see the cross town shootout, baby." So. I had a police officer. Uh, I made an illegal U-turn, <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled me over, and it was right. Uh, about to get onto an on-ramp onto a freeway. So I pulled over. Uh, there was nowhere else to really pull over. So I just stopped where I was. And cop came up and 
uh, said, you know, uh, do you know what you did? And I, you know, I said, honestly, I, I don't. What you know? How can I help you? Uh, he said, uh, I think I was probably going happened? about sixty-five, uh, <laughs> seven. <you know>. <laughs> well, <laughs> he told me. He said, you know, oh, you made an illegal U-turn, and uh, it, being very cordial, everything's good. And as he's talking, a car flies by us, probably doing well over. <gasps> Later, losers. And he says, <laughs> "Don't move." Gets in his car and takes off. So what do I do? I don't move. I I am right there blocking part of the on-ramp. And cars are honking at me. Motherfucker, move. What the fuck are you doing? And I just have my hands on the wheel like, nope. Uh, That guy probably (laughs) ran my plates. He's going to get me for some type of like evading police or I don't. I have no idea. So I'm sitting right here. About 10 minutes later, another, eh, maybe not 10 minutes. It was a couple, you know, like probably eight. Another cop, though, (laughs) pulls up behind me, gets out, and he's like, is there a problem, son? I said, an officer pulled me over and told me to wait here, and I'm I'm doing exactly (laughs) as he instructed. And I hear him, uh, you know, chirp on the, and I hear laughter. And he comes up and he goes, hey, bud, you're good to go. And I just was kind of like, hey. <laughs> was that jackass you there? <laughs> Son of a bitch, really? What a loser. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt good that I, I basically got off. But, uh, yeah, I've had many good, fun cop interactions. But that one was one of my favorites. Hmm. Uh, so my cop interaction didn't uh, actually involve me going face to face with the cops, but more so <laughs> evading them and driving away Ooh. really fast. So we went out to um, uh, some of the fields where. So, OK, so right now where um, Sully's is on Ming mm-hmm. okay. and Buena Vista. OK, so if you were to take that area and continue uh, down the ways where, like, all that housing development is now and whatnot. So, years and years ago, okay? So, like, what? Maybe almost, like, 19, 20 years ago. That was just open fields, okay? That wasn't any housing area at the time. Friends and I went all the way out into the field area, and people would just drive up turn off their lights and we would sit around a bonfire and hang out. Some people would have drinks. One dude had his guitar and people, there's we just, always some asshole. There's always hey, some with asshole a with a guitar. Hey, I was that asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Dick. Oh, uh, it's, it's <laughs> so it was really funny because we're just all hanging out. And then suddenly like maybe like 20 minutes later, some dude just screams out. Cops! Cops! And then, sure enough, like, just coming up, you just see, like, like one pair of headlights, and then, like, another pair of headlights, and then, like, from over in the right-hand corner, like, a, a third pair of headlights. It's the ride of the Valkyries. And we're all like, dude, are you sure? Boom! <laughs> the lights flash, everyone bolts. Me, my friend... But then also three other people I do not know jump into my car and we haul ass and we're driving away from the fields. 
and all I know is I passed three other people. You don't have to be the fastest. I, you just don't have I to be know the slowest. I got away. <laughs> just don't want to be the slowest. So I know I know I got away. Um, it was really interesting because just driving and swerving, kind of kicking up some dust. Whew, adrenaline city it was. So my my cop story mm. is uh, it was the I think it was the summer after my sophomore year in high school or in college. Mm. Uh, where I hadn't, I was on the cusp, but I hadn't yet turned 21 because my birthday's in September. So you're still in that weird 20 underage, uh, sort of thing where, you know, obviously you're drinking with your friends, but we all have to find the hookup spot or the, you know, the, the, the shady bodega that doesn't card you. So my mom, uh, was dating i think they were engaged uh, at this point to my stepdad and they had gone out uh for you know like a, a long weekend trip to you know some lake house or some bed and breakfast uh so i had the the house to myself my sister was um you know nursing i think in chicago at that point um and my buddy we had a side so a bunch of friends over and we had you know, like the Motley Crew collection of booze that only underage people can seem to come up with, where it's like, got half a bottle of gin. Pop off. We, we got this. We got Kahlua. It's like, what the fuck are you going to do with gin and Kahlua? <laughs> a bottle of Kahlua. Uh, but I mean, just, just random assortments <laughs> right, of drinks. Right, right, right. Um, so we're having, a, we're having a good time. We're smoking some of the douche. Uh, but my buddy Alex, um, he could never hold... His alcohol. And in fact, like after like after 10 p.m. or 1030 p.m., I again, and this is a, a reference that I've made in the past couple of episodes, he became like the uh, magically animated armor for bed knobs and broomsticks when the magic runs out. <laughs> and like he just sort of like just exhales like an accordion, like and then he's down. <laughs> so he's he's doing that like he's like fucking half in, half out. He's like, I gotta go home. Because uh, his car wasn't here. Uh, but he had to work in the morning. And uh, I had had, like, a couple of beers. Uh, I wasn't drunk, but I was underage. So uh, I was like, all right. He lived two miles away. So I throw him in the passenger seat <laughs> of my uh, 1992 Seafoam Green manual transmission Saturn SL2 with the... Uh, the the factory saw rims Ooh, uh, it had a sunroof. Fancy. Uh, so I I throw him in there, <laughs> and as we start going, heading over to his his dad's place to drop him off, he starts fucking barfing out the passenger driver side passenger window, and the luckily the the back windows are are up because he has puked so much, uh, and the car is moving that it is it is. Sort of, the puke hits the wind, and the oh. wind just slaps it. Oh down. no! Uh, so oh. like I'm like I'm like like giving him some back pass, but then I'm also like <laughs> oh, looking no. back and like the, the whole back passenger, <laughs> and it's starting oh, to curve no. around onto the back of the rear <laughs> oh, window. No. There's just like plastered viscous puke that he's. <laughs> oh, no. He's doing and then, and then at this point he's hanging out of the passenger window with both arms, just going. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> 
And we pass a cop. Oh, no. This, this, this cop just sees this, this seafoam green 1992 Santa Nizzle 2 drive-by with Doom both arms hanging out the window and the, like, the whole upper side of the passenger car covered in puke. So he, uh, he gets right in behind us. And this is just as I'm pulling into the, the condos, <laughs> like the luxury condos that his dad lived in. And that's when he lit us up. Like as I pulled into the parking spot right in front of his dad's condo and he gets out and he's like, what, you know, what, like, uh, everything all Food right. Poisoning. Everything all right. I was like, yeah, he just, he had, uh, I wasn't going to lie to the cop. I was like, he had some, some uh, alcohol to drink and he just didn't agree with him. Uh, and then he caught a little whiff of beer on my breath and he's like, <laughs> you been oh. drinking? Ah! And I'm like, I was like, oh no, it's like, oh no, I'm like, uh, I'm pretty good. He's like, you guys are both, uh, you know, we, you guys could have a real unfortunate night tonight. Oh no. And, uh, he ended up getting a call on his radio, sort of like Nathan did. And then he said, um, well, Mr. Geist, uh, which is not my last name, <laughs> Mr. Geist, uh, of, you know, something, something <laughs> Forest Creek Drive, Centerville, Ohio, 45459, license plate number, blah, blah, blah. If I see you on the road again tonight, or if any of my uh, fellow officers see you on the road again tonight, uh, you're going to jail. <laughs> uh, and then he left. So I got out of the car. We went up to Alex's dad's place. Alex immediately passes out. Uh, and so I called the other people who were partying at my parents' house. And there was like my buddy's girlfriend who was like, I haven't had anything to drink and came over and picked me up because I was like, I'm not getting in. Like, if I even, if the door even, like, I will pull up to the, the street that I have to turn on to go home, and that cop's just going to be sitting there going, you <laughs> messed horns. with the bull, bitch. You get the horns. <laughs> so it could have ended up bad for both of us. It could have been really bad for me. Uh, but luckily, small town cop, white oh privilege, it, it all worked out in the end. Oh, Jesus. It's a thing! <laughs> Well, oh. this has been a great, uh, <laughs> a great political episode. Uh, what would you guys rate this uh, this little gem that was uh, maybe a little bit more polished in its day, but not anymore? Uh, I'd say if Black Sheep comes up on your radar, just watch Tommy Boy. Not even a Beverly Hills Ninja. Not not even a Almost Heroes. I I. I I have oh. never seen Beverly Hills Ninja. It's, oh, you should watch it at least once. Uh, maybe I won't. Maybe I will. It's, it's, I don't know. I think <laughs> much more constructed than this was. Uh, there's. <laughs> it wasn't a political well, comedy. Man, I think before I before I watched it, I think uh, Nostalgic Drew probably would have given it like maybe a solid Three, definitely a three, maybe three and a half. I'm going to say that after being drug around by Harold and uh, and mother uh, in the car, I'm going to say that uh, that uh, Mike that that Mike Donnelly only has two buttons left that are not scorched. So this gets a two. Um, This gets a two out of five. I uh, I almost. Yeah, this is. This just this movie seems like a girl that you hooked up with drunk and then you're like, this was great. I'll call you tomorrow and you meet up 
and you see her in the light of day and it, she's just sort of like I'm man like uh, like uh, the 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 uh the fake Jessica Rabbit from uh uh Who Framed Roger Rabbit Oh Hello sweetheart This this almost seems like Woo-hoo! you know the uh the girl that you try to set your friend up with on a date for New Year's, but ends up really just wanting to get away from her husband, but then ends up having an affair with your other friend. This sounds oddly specific. <laughs> <laughs> like this involved, like, and, and sorry, did the person that this woman had her affair with, was he wearing rubber waterproof boots that came up to under his knees because he just got back from crab fishing in Alaska? That's crazy! That's weird! (laughs) Not a woman? Although, (laughs) although I will say that evening uh, is probably one of the the rarest nights that I remember hearing um, uh, a certain person, um, uh, Ryan B., um, actually say Drew is one of the nicest people I have ever huh. met <laughs> to which later in years I had a fatwa <laughs> called on me and, and yikes <laughs> one of the girls called Drew an asshole because was not a nice person apparently I was an asshole because I didn't want to deal with fair her enough. bullshit fair enough <laughs> if I were to rate this movie um, it would be the part where uh Chris Farley uh, burst through the uh, the polling booth, and I would take one person out and uh, bring them back out of it. I'd leave the other person. I leave. You leave the purse wielder there. there? Um, it's Fuck it has its moments, but it, age has not done it well. And also knowing now more political backstory to it, uh, just they phoned it in, kind of. So I think that it doesn't deserve. It didn't deserve a second watch, Jack. I don't blame you one bit for not giving it a second. So, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone has a dream. There was me, the Pope, my grandmother riding by on a bicycle. Oh, I mean, it was a doozy. <laughs> honey, are you um, are you crying? Oh, honey, get your get your daddy on the phone. I am uh, so sorry. <laughs> well, speaking of nuns and hookers, Drew, how can people get a hold of us? <laughs> oh guys if you want to get in contact with the real fills podcast you can hit us up on instagram and facebook to search for the real fills podcast we are over on twitter at real fills pod you can send us an email at real fills podcast at gmail.com but more importantly guys you can call our very own real fills political hotline 661-376-0030 did you guys ever see Documentary no. Now? No. It was uh, made with uh, Fred Arvison, Bill Hader, a bunch of SNL alumni. I, like I, I think it's got like three or four seasons, but one of the first seasons there were uh, lampooning a, uh, a famous political documentary. And Bill Hader is playing sort of like the the Southern, like, we're going to go in there and we're going to we're going to get them. We're going to make them cry. And so he's driving around a neighborhood where they're doing polling, and his his car had just has uh, black faced lawn jockeys. Oh Jesus! In his trunk, 
and so people that are have got the the uh opposing competitors side in the yard he gets out like the lawn jockey and puts him in the yard there's like a lawn jockey no. 1992 oh, no <laughs> oh, so it's, it's worth the look jeez but yeah uh call the touch line guys give us a hello Tell us maybe what your favorite Chris Farley uh, movie is, your favorite political comedy. You know, we just we'd love to hear from anybody. Anyone. Anybody. <laughs> Anyone at all. Forever. Well, coming up, uh, I think that we are <laughs> rolling out. Are we rolling out a Patreon episode next? Or no, is it, no, no, no. It's uh, I have a suspense movie for you. Bum, bum. But after but after suspense, we can uh, we can be hitting some Patreon action. And then we're back to Jack. And we are back to Jack. Well, we'll have to see what Drew's movie pick is and what the Patreon is before I make my next selection so that we're not we're not stacking stacking fields. Similar fields and yeah. similar genres. That's fine. Sounds good. All right. Well, but yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, just remember, you're the realist. And the feelist. So we'll see on Battle.net, maybe like... <laughs> step in some crud. It's like, I'll pay the $15 for the buff. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll get you. He's just still trying to get you, you to play like, well. Uh, the first hits for free. The first hits for free. Oh, my shnikes. Yeah. <laughs>